LinkedIn is the only platform that serves as a multiplier to your audience. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, they all take your audience and their algorithm divides it. So you get less engagement, less views than your total audience. And LinkedIn is the opposite. It's the only platform that's a multiplier. So you might only have four or 500 connections, but you can have a post that could reach thousands or tens of thousands of people. Welcome, welcome to the Micro Influencer Podcast. On today's show, I welcome a fellow Utah, Nick Staggy, the CMO of Woolly, and we get really into it on the topic of creating compelling content and copy for social media posts. You've probably been at a stage where you want to write something, but you don't know if it's a good idea, and you write it out, but you don't know if it sounds good or if it's actually going to get someone to take action. So please, please take a listen and stick around to the end to hear Nick's number one piece of advice for your life based on what he's experienced so far. Without further ado, let's start learning with Nick. Today, we have Nick Staggy on to help us discern how we can be creating compelling content, unwrap what it means to actually create something that's worthwhile on social media, and how to maximize that. Nick, how are you doing today? I'm good, Blake. How are you, man? I'm fantastic, and I'm really excited about this one. I'm excited for me to learn a lot, so I'm sure the audience is as well. And let's before we dive into it, I'd love to get a little bit of context on you. If you could just give us a, a brief snapshot of what your career's been like so far, how you got started, where you are now. Yeah, absolutely. I it's been a long it's been a long walk. I started in retail and spent a decade working and managing stores on the Western United States and and I learned pretty quickly in that environment that at the time brands weren't doing a whole lot to help drive the last moment of the sale. They were totally reliant on on the retail team. So I, I took that learning and I, I pounded on the door of Skull Candy and I convinced them that they should be better than that. And that they should create a retail sell-through team. And they gave me, they said, look, you can come on for 90 days and prove that this will work. And if you're willing to do that, we'll take a risk. So I ditched 10 years in retail for that. <clears throat> and after 90 days, we kept running forward. We built a global program and then I was recruited to go do uh, an up-leveled version of that at GoPro with a larger audience. Mm. And I realized while I was at GoPro and, and Skull Candy that technology is just where, where it's at and where the future of interacting with one another really is. So I left GoPro and I went to a, a tech company in Utah that still focused on the same thing. So it was a nice, smooth transition. And I spent five years there. And then just over the last eight or nine months, I've moved over and I, uh, as the CMO of Wooly, a tech company that is putting digital rails around word of mouth marketing. Awesome. So you've, you've made quite the climb from being in retail all the way up to being a CMO now at a tech company. So I think that establishes a little bit of, of your credibility there. Uh, I would love to know what you would consider your per, your professional superpower is. Oh man, I have so many weaknesses. I mean, so it's humility then. So many. Well, I don't know about that. Some people uh, <laughs> who know me best would say I, I I probably 
need a dose of humility, but, <laughs> but I, I mean, I look, I think because I, I recognize I have so many weaknesses, I've found a way to, to team up with people who are truly spectacular and learn from them and learn the things that, that I need so I can be better. And the things that I, I just can't learn or aren't my forte. I've learned to lean on those people and have those people help prop up whatever sort of initiative or goals we have in place. So to me, I I think it's all about understanding what you're good at and what you're not good at. So you can put a team around you or you can join a team that complement you. And I think if you do that, then you can become really successful. I love it. So let's dive into the, the details here. We're here to talk about creating compelling content, maximizing your social media organically, getting more reach, reaching the right people. For this whole thing, I'd love it to just kind of be a thought experiment based specifically around LinkedIn because I think that's where we're going to get the most out of it. So given, let's just say that I'm somebody that is just starting out, zero followers on LinkedIn. Uh, Maybe I just graduated from college and I'm just starting to do my own project. Maybe I'm starting an e-commerce store or something. I'm, I'm totally, totally brand new at it. If that's me, if that's the situation for this entire interview, I'd love to ask a few questions around that and how we can actually grow on social media organically. So first off, starting with how can a person that's having a really hard time capturing their real voice, how can they actually find it? Because I know for me at the beginning of my journey, the hardest part was getting my thoughts onto a piece of paper or or in text on a post or in a video in a way that actually came across as myself. So what recommendations do you have for finding your own voice? Yeah. Well, first I would just say LinkedIn is the only platform that serves as a multiplier to your audience, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, they all take your audience and they, their algorithm divides it. So you, so you get less, engagement, less views than your total audience. And LinkedIn is the opposite. It's the only platform that's a multiplier. So you might only have four or 500 connections, but you can have a post that could reach thousands or tens of thousands of people. Now, the trick is to your question, how do you create really good content? And I I think the answer is there's a couple of things here that I think are really important. One is that somehow LinkedIn audience reads BS like that. They don't, they, they, they recognize it as BS and they just skip, skip right past it. Right. So everyone's BS meters on high alert and they want people who are real and are honest and are, are showing like some vulnerability on the platform. So I think the best way to start figuring out your voice is to just tell stories If you're just getting out of college, talk about a lesson you learned in one of your classes or an interaction you had with a customer or what it was like working part-time jobs and building your your own company on the side. Talk about uh, moving away from your family and the, the experience and the pains that came along with that and trying to meet new people and network in real life. Like find the stories that are true to you and that are real life experiences and get them out there. The second thing is don't get discouraged because not every post is going to be a banger. You're going to have 
some posts that have great reach and you're going to have others that have not so great reach, but learn from those, evaluate what is it that I did in this post that went well and what did I do differently in a post that didn't do so well? How do I shake that? How do I change that up? You know, for me, I've learned that video is just not my thing. It's not my thing primarily because I got a face for radio, but I also <laughs> kind of clamor up. I don't feel as comfortable on, on screen you feel as I do just writing. So I have, I have a lot of friends who almost only post video and they crush it, but that fits their personal brand. So I think those are a couple of things that you can start with to, to begin figuring out your voice. And look, as a almost 39-year-old dude who spends um, time on LinkedIn every single day, I'm still figuring out my voice. So essentially, you're, you're not going to be able to find it without putting stuff out there, right? Like you're going to, at right. some point, have to be vulnerable and okay with the idea that you might suck for a while. Is that accurate? Yeah, I think so. And, and look, here's another idea for you. I, I use Buffer. It's a free app. Mm-hmm. And essentially, I use it as like a LinkedIn working journal. So anytime I have an idea, I go to Buffer. I just write it as if it was a post. And I, if I don't like it, I just tweak it. And But I'm not pressured to try to get anything live that moment. If I go to my Buffer login right now, I probably have 45 posts that are partially written. And some of them will never see the light of day and others will, but just as an idea comes, I jot it in. And then when that idea feels fully baked, then I post it to LinkedIn. So there are things, there are tools you can use to start building up that, that muscle and to start evaluating, Oh, I like this. I don't like that. I could tweak these two posts into one post, but at the end you could do all that in buffer unless you hit submit and you actually start seeing engagement, the learnings just don't come as fast. Right. Yeah. I mean, I know that for me, when I, I, I've gone back and done this exercise, it's a terrible exercise, but sometimes it's necessary. And I've gone back and looked at my first posts on tons of different social media platforms that I've tried out on LinkedIn. I'm super embarrassed of a lot of the stuff that I put out up front years ago, but at the same time, I'm really happy that I just did it. That's that's the key part. Like You're going to be embarrassed about where you started out, but that's a result of that, – that shows you how you've grown. So that's, that's actually a good thing. You should be a little bit embarrassed or just look at what you wrote at first and think, oh, I'm, I'm a lot better than that now because that actually shows you that it's worthwhile, that you've been moving in a positive direction. And, and taking it a step further, I'm curious what you think are the elements that go into making a piece of content compelling. Like, is there a formula or a checklist of things that you've noticed that have to be present in a post or it's not going to succeed? No, no. I mean, look, I, I've, I've done posts that are, I tried series for a while. I was doing a series, things my parents taught me. Mm. And it was just real life examples of, of things my, my dad or my mom taught me when I was a little kid. And then I would relate it to business. And for a while that worked. And then it didn't feel like it worked. It felt a little too forced, to be honest. I've had posts that are three or four lines that crush it. I've had posts that are, you know, they fill every character count in LinkedIn. It, it, I think it, 
the the only core piece that wins here is when you are true to yourself and you tell a story that that is compelling and and i think if you do that then you're in good play good shape but i don't know that there's a magic formula that everyone should follow i think every person and and likely every post is is going to be slightly different yeah, and I think you could argue that – so you mentioned that video isn't necessarily for you because it doesn't match your voice as well as you know written text does. But I, I think we could agree, like, if you are really good at video, that might be the most vulnerable and compelling piece of content if you're actually good at it just because people can see you, they can hear you. Maybe audio would be a step down from that, and then text would be – kind of at the at the bottom of most compelling unless you're amazing at it right but how can if, if somebody is is like you for example and they prefer text you could do video you could do audio all that stuff but you prefer text how can you actually make that come across as compelling because it's really yeah. easy to make a boring text post yeah there so there is a little if you if you go back and this is maybe more recently I've been testing and playing around with this idea but I I legitimately write a headline and a subhead to start almost every single post. So I, I treat it a little bit like I would treat sending an email and you start to see what's the really compelling headline one liner right below that, give a little bit of context and then I space down and then I, I write. And a lot of times that makes people click in to open up the rest of the post and to read in. And it gives them a three second snapshot of, do I, do I actually care about this? Do I want mm -hmm. to read anymore? So I think if you can write a really compelling headline and subhead, the rest kind of can come. Yeah, that's, that's interesting because we don't, I mean, I, I don't think about text posts and LinkedIn specifically like an email, but it really looks similar and you're just trying to reach people and get them to read more. That's the goal of an email is just read the next line, read the next line. And it's pretty much the same with, with LinkedIn until they can get to the very end. But how do you actually capitalize on that? So when, when you're creating content, that's all good and well. You could have amazing content, but how do you find the right call to action? What's the appropriate way to do that so it's not slimy? Yeah, that's a great question. So if you go through and you look at my my profile and the posts that I have, I don't talk about Wooly. I mean, I, maybe one out of 15 or 20 posts do I talk about Wooly, the company that I work for. And even then, it's not, I work for Wooly. You should come interact with us. You should visit our website. Like that's not... That's not how it works. Instead, I use LinkedIn as this is me. This is my, this is my personal brand. Sounds a little cliche, but it's true. Right. And I'm going to talk about things that I'm interested in and that I'm going through, challenges that I have, questions that I have. And then I'm going to interact with people who interact with my posts. So I'm going to, if I like what they had to say, I'm going to like it. If I have a thought that comes to mind from a comment they've shared, I'm going to share it. If I disagree with them respectfully, I'm going to share that. And so I, I interact and I have conversations with people and that's, that's really where the magic happens in LinkedIn. It's not set it and forget it. It's write a post and then interact with the people who are, are interacting with it, become human. I mean, right. my gosh, in a time where we're all kind of hunkering down into our, our home offices, 
it's a great place to to have conversation and interaction with people. And when you do that, great things happen. Now, I, I will say, if you go to Wooly's profile, it is all about Wooly. And it is right. very hardcore about the company. But what happens is my LinkedIn profile and our CEO Scott's LinkedIn profiles, we get a lot of views and we get a lot of interaction. And those people then go, well, where do they work? What? I want to learn more about Wooly. And they click in. We get upwards of 50% of all of our inbound leads come through LinkedIn and it's all organic. That's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, I, I've I've talked to other people that are in a similar boat. Whether it's you know thirty to fifty percent of their of even their whole traffic comes from LinkedIn. It's insane yeah. what it's doing for some companies. But when when you're speaking there, I, I get a little bit of anxiety because like I I had to go through this too. But with the engaging and the conversations and everything, that's the whole point of LinkedIn. But it is so easy to spend like seven hours straight on the platform if you're doing that. And I'm curious how you actually manage your time because you're still a CMO. You still got your other life going on. So what what's the the agenda for you on LinkedIn? Do you have like a schedule that you set every single day for what you're going to do for how long? Yeah, yeah. I try to give myself five minutes an hour. I tell myself if I if I've got five minutes an hour, usually that's happening as I'm waiting on a on a Zoom call. I'm the first one. I'll just okay, I'll open up the LinkedIn tab quickly look at my notifications and start start commenting, but I won't spend more than five minutes at a time and then I'm off. So I try to do it in those down moments where you're, you're waiting for a meeting or the other person puts you on hold. You know, you sit down, you order lunch and while you're waiting for your food to get there, I'll just quickly dive in and look at it. But I do try to put a limit to how much time I spend on it because even though it's really valuable and we're getting... 50, 60% of our leads are coming in through organic LinkedIn. You're right, Blake. There's a lot of other things that need to, to happen on a, on a professional level and on a personal level, you've just got to be able to unplug. And, and I'm probably, you know, I, I, I fluctuate. I have moments where I'm, I'm better than others turning it off, but I think I've gotten to the point where I have to completely close the tab out or I've got to turn notifications off on my phone. And then just set little mini meeting reminders for me to go back and check on content and engage. Yeah, it's, it's really important to have those boundaries. And that's something that I've learned over over the time that I've been posting. It's like, it's just so easy to fall into the trap. I, I have one final question here regarding this. I, it's going to get a little bit more technical, but once you have an idea of what your content should be, what your voice is, how it should sound, who to whom you're speaking, like if you have all of that totally zeroed in, you know exactly what your content's all about. What are the technical aspects, the details that go into getting more reach? Are there any tactics that you've seen that work really well? So one, I, I spend 10 bucks a month on an app called Shield app. They're based out of Denmark. Andreas is absolutely spectacular, but it aggregates all of your activity level and you can measure and monitor what's working in, in a really seamless platform. For me, if you're going to get serious about LinkedIn, it's a no brainer. It's, it's spectacular, but 
that helps because it gives you insights into who your audience is, where they're, where they work, what companies, what, what titles they have. It helps you break things down a lot and you can tag your own company in that. So you can start not only seeing you, but you can start to see how that's translating to your company. So the other thing that I, you know, one thing that I try to refrain from is just going into the, my network tab and clicking connect with as many people as possible. Now, if someone connects with me or puts a connection request with me, I'm, I'm going to say yes, but I'm not just going to blindly go follow someone. What I do is I look at who visited my, my profile. You can yep. see that. And then I'll make a connection request with those people because there's, they've already kind of taken the first step so I can follow up and say, Hey, looks like, uh, you've been viewing my profile. I checked yours out. Looks like we might have this in common. Great to meet. So that's part of it. The other thing is I think it, you know, most people are thinking about just hitting connect as many times as possible or going through and hitting connect and making some personalized message that isn't really personalized. Like looks like we have contacts in common. I mean, I think right. we recognize we're all seven degrees from Kevin Bacon. Like, of course we have a connection that's similar to one another. The way that I've grown my, my audience, my connections is by interacting with other people's posts by having conversations with people. And then those people start coming and, and requesting that, that I connect. So I'm not trying to chase a huge amount of, of connections on LinkedIn. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, I think I have a very small audience compared to, to most people, but my views, my engagement, the real conversations I'm having are pretty spectacular and it is converting into real business for Wooly. So I'm good with it. Well, I, I really appreciate you coming on. And Nick, there's probably a lot more that we could unpackage here. So we'll have to have you come on a, a little bit later on in the future and do this again. But again, Nick Staggy from Wooly. I do want to give you a chance just to talk about what you're working on right now at Wooly, at VidArmy, and anywhere else that you, anything else you might be working on. And also just give a people an idea of where to follow you on social. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, so Wooly is, we're the first company that's bringing digital rails to word of mouth marketing. So we know that 20 to 50% of all sales happen because two friends talk about a product. The scary thing is most brands don't know when those two friends are talking about the product or when someone buys because of it. So we help companies like Arcteryx and Marmot and Purple Mattress and so on and so on grow a word of mouth marketing program digitally. And we're, we're really excited about that. And the future is we're building a consumer facing app to make it easier for friends to share recommendations of the products they love with one another. And then I recently joined uh, the board at VidArmy and they're the, they're legitimately the first video production agency selling a subscription base for 500 bucks a month. You get unlimited video production and editing. And these guys are, they're, they're completely disrupting the industry and it's exciting to be a part of that and, and see how it's growing. So if you want to learn more about those or just connect, I'm Nick Staggy on LinkedIn and Twitter. Love it. Nick, thank you again for coming on. 
thank you once again for listening to the Micro Influencer Podcast. If you would do me a favor, it would mean the world to me if you enjoyed this podcast to go wherever you listen to your shows and leave an honest review and a star rating so that I can know where to improve and where I can help out more and just get your honest feedback. Also, if you want to sign up for the newsletter and get tips that's basically like free consulting every week, please visit microinfluential.com. That's microinfluential.com. Hope you have a great day.